Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, we launched the 2010 Max Fun Drive with talk of summer camp and much, much more. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Oh, with us, a very special guest from the great city of Los Angeles, California. <laughs> Mr. Wow, what a get. <laughs> Mr. Nick Adams. Welcome Nick back repeat, to the show, Nick. Nick Repeat Adams. Nick Repeat Adams. Are He's, you uh, Nick Hattrick Adams at this point? I don't know. I think I might be beyond he, This might be number four for Nick Adams. He's an old favorite, Jordan. It's yeah. pledge drive time. That means you go back to the well for the old favorites. See if you can squeeze a little more blood from the stone. Yeah, absolutely. I don't see any tote bags lying around. Yeah. So you're it's a, you are our this American life episode about camp. <laughs> because something... we will constantly roll you out. I don't have any tragic stories about camp though. Is that what they do on this American life camp? Uh, you I've know, never there's heard this, this one episode of this American life about kids at summer camp and uh whenever a pledge drive whenever a public radio station has a pledge drive, I feel like that's the episode they throw on. The only summer camp I ever went to was one summer I went to a a, a, a Bible camp because I was that desperate to do something during the summer. <laughs> so I actually Wait. went to a youth Bible camp. Were your parents advocates of Bible camp? My mother was or a, the Bible. I was raised in broadly. a big Southern Baptist church, so my family advocated anything Jesusy. Okay, so. but you were resistant. I, no, I wasn't resistant. It was just something to do, honestly. You know, the summer camp that I went to was actually also a religious summer camp. I had forgotten about that. It was an Episcopalian summer camp. How did, how do you forget about going to Bible camp? It, well, it wasn't. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't Bible camp. Like it wasn't like we spent the whole time studying the Bible, but we did have to go to church on Sunday. Well, that's too, that's just called life for most people. It's just <laughs> normal. That, for me, that was just my normal week. I'm from San Francisco, Nick. They don't they don't have God in San Francisco. Yeah, if you're like in San Francisco, it's big news if you're not like worshiping Cthulhu or something. But <laughs> Cthulhu. San Francisco does have the church that worships God. through uh, the the John Coltrane Church. Yeah, absolutely. It's also an Episcopalian church. Is actually. it really? I, the, the church that I went to as a like a teenager uh, would do like crossover church events with the. John Coltrane Church. Nice. So nice. Nick and Jesse, did either of you have uh, Bible camp romances? Those those fleeting summer Bible camp romances. Oh, that's an interesting question. I think uh, I think uh, I was pretty repellent to girls at the time. I don't know if I was repellent. I was girls were definitely resistant. <laughs> I wasn't quite repellent. I think there was a few crushes, but there was you know there was absolutely no like there was real a, activity. There was going. a dance at my camp. Was there a dance at your camp? Um. There wasn't an official dance, but there was a lot of dancing because it was it was still the eighties and we were young. <laughs> it was, we were it was black just, youths. It was just uh, an ecstatic so, dance. Yeah, there was just spontaneous dancing taking uh-huh. place. Sure. Um, I'm I'm wondering. This is something I'm curious about in relation to Bible camp and sexuality. Uh, <laughs> is I mean, obviously you're 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 at you're at camp. Uh, there's hormones. You're away from your parents, so you know, obviously 
you know, it seems like the the urge to make out is there, but does it being a Bible camp negate that, or does it make it somehow more enticing? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something in here for color. Sure. Uh, my friend uh, in high school, Brady Gill, mm-hmm. uh, who may actually listen to this show. One time he complained about how I'm always talking about this on my Facebook page. Um, but Brady Gill, this guy I knew in He's high school. He's got to be a NASCAR driver or a professional baseball player with a name like Brady Gill. Little Jew. Really? Yeah, Little Jew. Uh, I, I guess I didn't know you had a Facebook page. Does that mean he can't be a NASCAR driver Facebook. or a baseball player if he's we're, a Little Jew? He's a, well, there's not a lot of Little Jew ball players. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> there's there's a, some big Jew ball there's players. There's some big Jew ball players. If you want to talk about a Sean Green, that's right. a guy who's going 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, right. This is a big man. Hmm. Um, I didn't, Sandy I didn't, Koufax. I didn't know you, you, have, you have a personal Facebook page. I guess I didn't know that about you. Yeah, Jordan Jesse also has a Facebook oh, page. Oh, wow. I thought we, were, uh, I thought we were, were cohorts and not being on Facebook. No, I have a Facebook page. I, um, you know, uh, I, I try and work to uh, uh, promote the shows that I make. Sure, no, I, it's a wise move. I never me. got into that. I never got really got into that whole I'll aspect f- of the business. I'll be friends with anyone on Facebook. It's, uh, at one point, my wife uh, and I spent some time on it and figured out how to make a list of people that you actually know and have it only show the people that you actually know, hmm. um, which was great for me because I literally have you know 3,000 or 4,000 Facebook friends just because I just accept anyone who asks. And, um, uh, it, and so... I had this list for a while, but then when they updated Facebook like a month ago or two months ago, it stopped working. They just eliminated that part of what that I had gone through. Like I literally had to go through three thousand names and click on the people who I actually wanted to hear what they had to say. And uh, at this point, it just gives me a random selection of people. It doesn't you mean give me the, everyone. The update. Yeah, thingy. I have no idea what it gives me now. It gives me just crazy nonsense. But yes, I am on Facebook. And Brady Gill, yes. got it. Uh, back, back to the sexy camp story. When, when we were like, when, when he was maybe he was a year or two younger than me. Uh, went to my school. Uh, maybe I, I was uh, seventeen. He was fifteen, or I was sixteen. He was fifteen, something like that. For some reason, he stayed over at my house. Uh, like maybe we had a late rehearsal or something like that. And uh, Brady Gill just irrepressible on the subject of his Jew camp. Uh, he, it was called Camp Tawanga. You could not get Brady Gill to stop talking about Camp Tawanga. It was charming. I mean, I'm not putting Brady Gill down. It was adorable. Sure. I still remember it to this day. But he would talk about making out and uh, being naked. These were like, the, uh, as from, what, from his description, that's the only two things that went down at Camp Tawanga. And I can making tell you. Making out and random nudity. Yeah. Did that, they happen separately? Were you clothed? You were clothed while you were making out. I'm not so sure. I think I'm this sure. was some kind of crazy bacchanal. Like, <laughs> I, and I cannot relate cause, because the Episcopalian camp that I went to, St. Dorothy's Rest, there, I, as far as I know, there was zero nudity. Now, it could be because Brady Gill was talking about camp stuff he had been doing when he was 14 and 15. And uh, I was talking about camp stuff that I had done when I was eight and nine. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be doing too much naked stuff when you're eight and nine. No, it's, it's not, a not appropriate. But uh, but still, uh, it it led me to believe that uh, maybe there's a there's a secret side to camps that I wasn't privy to as an eight year old. I don't know how the Jews do it, but the Christians didn't roll like that. No nudity. <laughs> not at not at the camp that I went to. Not even any. Um, and there was no there was no slow dancing to "We've Come to the End of Our Road" or whatever. I don't think there was any any fun really at that camp. <laughs> it was a fun free experience. Not that I remember. It was an all for one free zone. I'm older than you, so that would have been oh, more right. like ready for the world and stuff okay. like that. Sure. The Jews are a sexy people. They are. 
There's but no see, doubt about that. Do you think that that they have that a your cultural average... they have a cultural reputa- reputation for sexuality and sensuality? A young Barbara Streisand doesn't yeah. get much hotter than that. Hey, absolutely. <laughs> I saw a book uh, in a book catalog today or uh, yesterday afternoon. I'm flipping through the book catalog. It's the list of books that are going to come out in the fall. Uh, Barbara Streisand's coming out with a book that costs seventy five dollars. What the? It's called My Passion for Design, mm-hmm. and it's just pictures of her houses. <laughs> She's charging people to look at pictures of her houses at this point. That's... I mean, I'm all I'm. I I don't uh, begrudge anyone a vanity project because if you make it and you decide you want to write a children's book, hey, knock yourself out. Isn't hasn't Barbara Streisand's life been a vanity project for <laughs> well nigh on 20 years at this point? Yeah, I don't think anything she's done post what the owl and the pussycat has been, you know, like an actual project. It's like a a story about how she has overcome her stage fright. You've been a performer for 40 years and you're still talking about your stage fright. Yeah. Shut up, Babs. You know, I think she probably... Man, you guys know a lot about Barbara Streisand. <laughs> she probably had a... I can't contribute to this conversation at all. She probably had a traumatic sexual experience at summer camp. But not if she went to one of these Jew- Jewish summer camps. She was probably just a party in her... She was probably... Sure, probably being... Took us off. Huh? 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 Yes. When you go to regular... That's a Jew butt. When you go to Bible camp, is it, uh, is it all Bible all day? Uh, I remember there being a fair amount. It was like, you know, you you get up in the morning and you have breakfast and then there was some sort of you know, Bible study and then you have like a break and then there... It was pretty much all Bible all day. And look, the, the funny thing is I never believed in any of that stuff. I don't know why I was even there. I was, I didn't, like, <laughs> you just needed something to get you out of the house. I had to get out of the house, man. I, I can understand that completely. I, 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 remember, um, I remember a lot of tie-dye. I remember it was very difficult to get into archery class. You had to run really fast mm. to the sign-up table. See, you went um, you went to one of those real. We didn't have we didn't have any of that stuff. We didn't have like the rope line. We didn't have horseback riding. It wasn't like Bug Juice on the Disney <laughs> Channel. Have you ever seen that show? No, but I was going to ask you actually specifically if they had Bug Juice at your camp. No, I, we didn't have any of the. It was just. Can we dusty talk and... about this through the lens of salute your shorts? <laughs> I, I feel I don't really understand bug juice, but I feel like if you can bring oh, some you of have your to, shorts I don't think bug juice this. is on DVD, but you have to try to find it online or something. There was a show, he, I think he it was... probably doesn't. Disney or Nickelodeon, where someone, I, I could imagine the pitch meeting, this guy goes into the offices and he's like, look, it's the real world set at a summer camp. And then they just write him a huge check. Oh, so it's not a... It's not a... It was a reality show. Oh, wow. Okay. Set at like a really nice summer camp. Oh. And so you had all the, the Who were story. the main characters? The counselors? No, it was about... I mean, the counselors were in it, but it was like mostly about the kids. It was literally just like the real world, but they followed a certain group of kids at the camp. It was I, the most addictive show I've ever seen in my life. I had a counselor that really uh, impressed me by uh, eating skin. That was his thing. His own Yours skin. or... Anybody's. You could just hand just it to him. Like had a, if he had a popped blister or something? Yep. Or, wow. you know, it was, it was... You know, it's summer camp, so there's a lot of people peeling. Sure. Oh, okay. So, so this is like sunburn yeah, skin. Yeah, he'll eat it. And that was really impressive to me as a nine-year-old or however old. Everyone thought it was amazing. We gave him a big round of applause every time he did it. I guess he must have been like 14. <laughs> Sounds right. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, it's amazing. Or 35. Yeah. I, you know, I got invited to... Uh, I only went to my summer camp for uh, two years. I was, not a, I was not a habitué of summer camp. Um, but, uh, I got invited to be a counselor at, at my summer camp, uh, the ca- summer camp I went to when I was 19 one summer. And it's a, kind of a good job because it's pleasant, you know, and, um, you get paid, but you don't have to pay for anything. So at the end of the summer you have, 
you know, $3,000 or $4,000 or whatever, which to an 18-year-old is a fair chunk of change. And was it was it just like, was being a summer camp counselor what I imagine it being just tons of hooking up and smoking pot? And- well, that's what I figured. But the thing is, you know, I was, I was with Teresa at the time and she was going to college in New York. So I, I turned down the gig. Because I was, uh, I was like, well, you know, I, I'm not going to be at a weird summer camp during the only time I can see my girlfriend. Um, it was a tough, it was a tough call because the idea of going to being a summer camp counselor and doing summer camp counselor shit was very appealing to yeah, me. Yeah, the wet, hot American summer. Sure. Uh, yeah, you know. exactly. That's that was exactly what I wanted. Naughty boathouse antics. Jordan, you never went to summer camp. No, I never went to summer. Ever camp. Ever go to day camp? Uh, I did go to a. Day camp. Day camp's uh, the worst, man. Yeah, I remember it sucking, and I, I, <laughs> I remember the last. God, the last. I I, I stopped go. I can't remember if I stopped going or I was asked to not come anymore. <laughs> uh, one of the two, uh, where they had they had a thing where you could drive ATVs around a track, uh-huh. uh, but only if you had driven an ATV before. Right. Uh, and they asked me if I had, and I said yes. What and the th- fuck are you supposed to say? I know. You sure, don't ask yeah. a child, I'm a, do you have ATV experience? <laughs> yeah. Youth. It seems like there should be like a certificate or something that they... You were thinking no, of... It was just an honor system ATV situation. <laughs> you were thinking of the hundreds of hours you had then logged on RC Pro-Am 2. Sure. I figured it was comparable. Right. Uh, you got to upgrade to the knobby tires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I figured if I, drive over, if I drove over an arrow, I would get a rocket. Sure. Um, and yeah, I think I... I mean, just comically immediately crashed it. And then... Where I, was this... This was in Orange County. Yeah. In Irvine, specifically. It used to be all orange groves. At the time, it was very rural. This is. Yeah, no. I mean, my parents were. My parents were. Way before sharecroppers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now, you know, it's the mega malls and the McMansions. But uh, but before citrus fields. It was rural living. Slavery was legal. Mm hmm. Up until, like, what, 88, 89? Right. I think they got rid of Orange County. Yeah, they got rid of it in the. No, I think it was right around the time Prop 187 passed. In fact, I think, (laughs) I believe that Prop 187 was a a response to the. criminalization of slavery i just got something in the mail two days ago about a proposition and i couldn't even like the californian in me just i wouldn't even allow myself to read it yet it's, like too, many, it's <laughs> too early in the year it. to deal with propositions i feel like uh I, I feel like this somehow the uh somehow the proposition thing has gotten completely out of control um i think that is, there's a there's a proposition this year in here in california uh we have a form of direct democracy where if you can get like uh, two hundred and fifty thousand people to sign a petition or something like that, uh, you can put anything on the ballot, and uh, often things will pass uh, that have that have that have like serious fundamental flaws, like uh, you know, like they'll be somehow unconstitutional or. There'll be a whole part that's not explained at all. Um, Or one particular group will be denied certain rights because of their uh, sexual preferences. uh, Right. Yeah, or... Silly stuff like that. Nation of origin, or the fact that they're choosing to hang out in a group with other people that look like them. Yeah. Um, So it's it's getting a little out of control, but I feel like maybe we could use that. I mean, for one thing, I know Nick is probably excited about. I think there's a legalizing marijuana one on the on the bill. I know that's basically the single issue closest to Nick's heart in the Understatement world. Understatement of the year. I'm excited <laughs> about that, Thorn. Nick Nick is to that as like uh, you know Noam Chomsky is to foreign interventionism. Wow, or something. wow! You just made me really, really excited. He's inside. got eleven. You out compare of 10 me to Noam Chomsky on this. <laughs> uh, 
Um, now I I don't I guess I don't know about this. Is this is this full smoking a joint? In full the legalization. Open? Full okay. legalization for adults. Do know. they have they done any have they done any polling on it? Is it going to work? I think it. I mean, I think depending on the polls that I've seen, referenced uh, anywhere from a majority or a plurality support legalization. And the, the thing that's interesting about that is that there's never been a full open discussion. So the average American citizen has no idea right. what the real world ramifications of marijuana versus alcohol, tobacco, and pharmaceutical drugs, And thank God we finally got a chance to put the leaders of normal out there in front of the cameras mm-hmm. and just show off what, you know, sharp tax. <laughs> They're really the kind of people that you would want to represent your, your cause. Just generally speaking, I would say that the leading advocates for uh, marijuana legalization are, as, as someone personally who supports marijuana legalization, definitely the kind of voices that I want out front on that issue. No, but actually, I mean, there's, there's other organizations, you know, like the Marijuana Policy Project, where, you know, people like that, where, I mean, they, they've had lobbyists working in D.C. for years. Where, they, we, seem, where they, seem, uh, like, they seem less likely to have gray ponytails? They look like <laughs> just normal guys. And I think, okay. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think and when that's you say they look the like just normal guys, they don't look like guys from normal. <laughs> right, right. They do have rain sticks, though, like at all times. <laughs> they do reek of uh, sage uh-huh. and uh, sure. patchouli. I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about, um, you know, this. there's this California supervisor, Tom Amiano, uh, San Francisco supervisor, Tom Amiano, who's become a California assemblyman. Um, and he, he, proposed a, he proposed a legalization bill about a, a year ago, I think, to with the idea that it would be heavily taxed for the economic crisis or something like that. and uh, It's our number one cash crop in the state of California. He was, he was on The Sound of Young America uh, a couple years ago. He is just a joy. Um, I did not care for him especially much as a San Francisco politician, thought he was a, a, a little bit ineffectual. Um, but um, he was a joy of a guy. You could tell immediately why he kept getting uh, elected. He's a kind of a... He's kind of a uh, he's very sharp, funny, and uh, queeny, and uh, he always wears a like a purple stud earring, you know. And okay. He's he's very he's very gay in a sort of like uh, I'm fifty nine years old kind of way. Um, You'd think California would have more cool laws. Yeah, and so <laughs> You'd and think, I'm excited. Like at this point, like when he's when he's on the board of supervisors of San Francisco, you're sort of like, well, you know. Do we need another crazy, you know, sort of classic bleeding heart liberal on the board of supervisors? Maybe not. Maybe maybe we could use somebody who's a little bit more pragmatic. You know, maybe we need like a little bit more of a Barack Obama type uh, mainstream liberal. Somebody, yeah, somebody that somebody that might consider the you know actual solutions rather than just passing legislation to pass out you know milk cartons to homeless people or whatever. Um, But when he's in the California State Assembly. Yeah, great, because they need all the uh, – I'm, I'm with him all the way. He can propose any crazy liberal thing he wants, and I'll, I'll vote for him again. I love it. I love it. Great. <laughs> so is the thing – the reason why California doesn't have more cool laws is just that, like, it gets torpedoed – everything gets torpedoed by the Sacramentos and San Diegos of the world? I think there's, there's the supermajority, which is a real, real problem. Yeah, they have, yeah. To, they have to have a bigger than half majority to pass mm. a budget – Wait, when did this become local politics talk? How did I, <laughs> how did I let our show go to this? KPFK but, all of a sudden. Over but, oh, I remember. I thought it would be a fun setup as, as we started talking about it to talk about what kind of propositions we might enjoy getting on the ballot in the state of California. Well, the one that I want is already on there, so I don't have anything else to fight for. <laughs> 
Are you, is your whole life going to be rudderless if it passes? Mm, I mean, it's not going to change the way I go about my daily business, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm already a, a medical marijuana patient in the state of California because of my back migraines. Sure. Mm. Sure. Sure, I can understand that. Have you seen this woman... Uh, there's this woman, uh, the state of the city of Los Angeles has, at this point, I think its primary form of business is medical marijuana dispensary. Um, I feel like there Does is... Does it have a secondary form of business? No, I, I don't think, I think it's basically just medical marijuana dispensaries. Okay. I mean, I guess there are some Starbuckses, but basically it's medical marijuana dispensaries. There's and, four within walking distance of our apartment. Yeah, well, there, I think three of them are going to have to close. And what's what's left of the entertainment industry? So you got what's left of the entertainment sure. industry, a few Starbuckses and medical marijuana dispensaries. But there's this woman, and she was in, uh, I don't know if you guys saw Doug Benson's uh, documentary, Super High Me, um, uh, an enter- entertaining uh, little film. And uh, he goes to this sort of extremely shady uh, doctor to get his uh, medical marijuana uh, card. Um, this woman who basically has, at this point, she is advertising for herself in that same way that... Like, Are you talking about Doc 420? <laughs> I don't know. Beautiful Persian woman? Yes, absolutely. A beautiful Persian woman. And she has advertisements. She has huge billboards across the city of Los Angeles that are basically taking... They're about getting your medical marijuana card, but they basically take the same form as sort of like a, like a, you know, like a, a Latino guy with a mustache and slick back hair in a pinstripe suit, and it just says, abogado, and then underneath a phone number. Like, it has taken the form, it has gotten, it has gone past the, like, level of, um, uh, you know, ambulance-chasing lawyer. <laughs> she has three headshots on her business card. <laughs> oh, like, with different looks. And I know, th- I know this because I've heard from friends, not that I've experienced right. this on Certainly first, not. Absolutely um, not. that she has three headshots on her business card. Okay. <laughs> hey, can I take this opportunity to talk about a confusing Spanish-language billboard I saw on the way over oh, here? Oh, of course, of course. Okay. Why not? They're all, uh, we're 20 minutes into the intro. Why not pick <laughs> up a new topic? Yeah, I, I can wait. No, let's, let's do it. Okay. Let's talk about okay. it. Uh, and because we've gotten a lot of mileage about confusing billboards sure. lately. Sure, sure. Uh, and I don't want to disappoint we people. We spent half an hour complaining about the Girl Scouts the other day. Uh, okay, so this is on the way over here. Um, uh, a, a, uh, a billboard for Modelo. Sure. A, uh, Just regular, not Negro. No, no, no. Standard Modelo. Standard. And, uh, Popular beer. And uh, pardon me if I'm not conjugating this properly. Um, okay. I was very, a very, very poor Spanish uh, Conjugation, student. not my strong suit either, in, so uh, uh, we're going to have to rely on the Jordan was wrong community for this <laughs> Yeah, right. Of which there are many of them. Um, uh, the slogan was, uh, su modelo, senor. Uh, your modelo, sir, is what I take that to mean. Uh-huh. And uh, it is being, uh, and the Modelo is being thrust forward by a very beautiful, very bosomy uh, woman. Sure. Busty young woman, uh, So, so you know, it, it's, this is, you know, this is, you know, a beautiful woman is handing you a Modelo, your Modelo, sir. It all makes sense so far. Uh, she's in a referee outfit in a soccer stadium. Sure. Is right. this something that referees do it? Haven't you heard about Foxy refs? I haven't. And yeah, why is she sure. stopping the game to hand someone a beer? The success of Foxy Boxing has uh, led to Foxy refing. But, um, like, doesn't. But, okay, as a ref. Foxy Boxing is the most obscure <laughs> mid 80s reference. Is anyone yeah. under 
I'm giving you bonus points for being under 42 and, and referencing Foxy Boxing. That's like, you saying, have that's like saying going to watch a stag film. <laughs> a blue movie. Foxy Boxing. But like, okay, as a ref, you have to have a certain amount of authority, authority. and you can't be serving people mid-game. Much I mean, less that, calling them sir. They should be calling you sir. Absolutely. Or you're madam. running the show. Or uh, madam, certainly. Um, I, think there's, I, th- I think it's clear that the target audience for this is both men and women. Sure, right. Uh, so yeah, I guess, I, I guess I'm just confused by this character of the, of the uh, submissive, I guess I, I, I should use another, Sub- the, the uh, subjugated, the subservient, the subservient referee who referee. serves you. In the middle of a game. But sensual. Sure. I mean, very, certainly very sensual. Her boobs are huge. Do you think that I she's... Don't wanna, I don't want people to think that they're not. Who do you imagine that she's giving the beer to? A soccer player? A well, soccer uh, well, fan? Uh, well, a soccer player. That a opens driver, up. <laughs> or a driver driving past a billboard. <laughs> sure. Um, I'm starting to understand the appeal of the sport now, though. If that's a, if that's a regular part of uh, the beautiful game. Yeah, it yeah. is. Just, no, it's it's a the the appeal is it's simple. Anybody can do it. The game of soccer, it's simple. It's, no matter what, no matter what, uh, no matter what level of economic uh, uh, standing you you right, the place right, you live right. in, you all you need is a ball and some goals and about a dozen other people and, and a also, huge huge field. I mean, that's yeah, a, a huge that's field. one of the that's one of the big things. And then the other one is that the uh, refs are so sexy. Here's, here's not to- <laughs> and they stop the game to give you things that you want. But but the thing that's interesting about soccer to me is that in America it's sort of an upper class sport for the right. most part. But everywhere sure. else it's a working class deal. Well, that's the thing. I mean, the refs are in other places here in America it's looked down upon to have a sexy ref. Um, but in other places, the refs are giving people other things, you know, like uh, certainly beer. I mean, if you come to the United States, maybe you, you're already living a first world lifestyle. You just want a cold beer. But, you know, in a lot of third world countries, they're giving out grain rations. Sure. In Germany, French Millet. fries with mayonnaise. Yeah. Millet for every goal. <laughs> yeah. So do you think that there Quinoa. was just this was a this was a non-sports specific billboard this was just a beautiful woman handing you a beer with the slogan which she happened to be a, a soccer referee. was saying then there's like ah, we should make this just a little more appealing to latinos we can either add a soccer theme or have the billboard blare a morrissey song <laughs> we can you can do one of the is two. that too la specific or That's is that too is regionally it? specific i think I what happened I've, is okay. i think no, what happened is the, you know madison avenue is in new york city they don't know about latinos who love morrissey sure so, that, that needs to be explored more because it's an amazing, amazing phenomenon. <laughs> so weird. It's probably the greatest. It's probably, I mean, there are other good things about Los Angeles, certainly the weather and the beach. Um, but I, I would say the number one is uh, Mexican-Americans who love Morrissey. And it's specifically Mexican-Americans for the most part. It's not a lot of Honduras. Not a lot of Central American people who are, in, who are, in, who are on board in this Morrissey They thing. haven't been around. In, like the, the beautiful thing about Mexican-American you know, you get the second generation, and it's amazing how quickly it happens. It's like, yeah, that's where I'm from, but I am fundamentally American. And what could be more American than, than depressing, you know, navel-gazing pop music? Yeah, mm-hmm. by an Englishman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll be back in just a second with more of Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. With us, the great Nick Adams. Nick, repeat Adams. Hello. It's great to have you here, Nick. It's great to be here. Hey, it's uh, Maximum Fun Drive time. 
Isn't that beautiful? It is beautiful. Um, so here, but here's, that's the time that it is. Nick, here, here's how it works. Uh, all this whole operation, this whole MaximumFun.org operation, is uh, supported by uh, listener donations. Um, I'm talking about the Saudi Young America, Jordan Jesse Go, Stop Podcasting Yourself, the Casper Hauser Comedy Podcast, the Coil and Sharp Podcast, the College Years, the whole nine yards. The family of podcasts. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they're all supported by listener donations. And, uh, you know, we try and keep it classy. We try not to ask for money too much, but we do it once a year. Once a year for two weeks, in this case, May 13th through 28th of 2010, uh, we ask for people to go to, go online and uh, uh, make a donation. You can give five bucks a month, ten bucks a month, twenty dollars a month. Uh, Jesse's uh, uh, Jesse's uh, Golden Eagles is a hundred dollars a month, and Jordan's Platinum Angels is two hundred dollars a month. And how might one go about giving? Said money? oh, you just go to maximumfund.org/slash/donate. It's as easy as snapping your fingers, or in this case, it's as easy as typing something into the URL bar, the address bar of your internet browser. HT TP colon, colon slash slash maximum well, hold on. slash donate. I wasn't writing that down. <laughs> can we can we do the I don't know that first part was especially confusing. H double T P colon uh, double slash uh, dub dub dub. Uh, Remember when dub 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 was gonna be something? People were no, gonna I, say I dub dub dub. Uh, yeah, that was a thing. That was definitely that was a like thing. what? There was a period. 98, 98 to... 99, okay. there was a period where people were gonna say dub 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 and then they realized they could just drop it. They right. could just not say it out loud. Um, MaximumFun.org slash donate is where you can give And you get awesome prizes We've got um, a brand new DVD I feel like we haven't talked enough about this brand sure, new DVD, DVD that we've got uh, it's it's uh, the, the our title, first ever DVD. This is our first ever DVD. The title of the DVD: The Sound of Young America uh, Live in New York City. An HD DVD. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, it's guaranteed it's, not the, to the play most, on your player. Sure, unless you have a what uh, one an of those on for your Xbox uh, yeah, 360. Right, yeah, one of those Xbox peripherals. Um, then you can play it. Uh, wait, this is uh, this is what's on there. It's got a Sound of Young America live show, and the Sound of Young America live show in New York uh, is beautiful, and it's got a. Uh, uh, Andrew W.K., Kumail Nanjiani, uh, Rick that Cordero. That guy's hilarious. He's a fantastic, fantastic comedian. Uh, Rick Cordero, the uh, great music video director. Did uh, you guys hear Kumail Nanjiani on Comedy Death Ray talking about John Mayer heckling him? No. I, I heard that story, though. That story's God, great. it's fucking amazing. Anyway, sorry. Not okay. to plug another podcast in the sure. middle of our pledge break. Sure. Uh, it's Anyway. Uh, who, who Don't else? listen to that. Uh, uh, we've got uh, uh, Scott Adsit from 30 Rock on that show. It's a very, very full uh, Nelly Mackay. Uh, very full and exciting show. But An intro by me? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That sort of cuts in halfway in. Good. Um, the thing... Uh, uh, Just imagine the, the first part. The thing that I think is most amazing about this whole operation, though, uh, some exclusive Jordan Jesse Go content. Mm. This is the only place you're going to get this stuff, uh, Jordan, Nick. Uh, we've got... Uh, we premiered it at Max MaxFunCon uh, to much acclaim, I think. Sure. Uh, the the Rift Tracks guys were, is, came up to me to tell me about how much they enjoyed it. Um, we made our first ever, uh, what do you call that? We wouldn't call it a Rift Tracks because that's a copyrighted uh, thing of the uh, Rift Tracks Corporation. Uh, no, yeah, this is a, this is a, 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 funny, a funny old uh, public domain uh, health video that Jesse and I goof over. Yeah, it's a goof over. It's a goof tracks. It's a goof tracks, <laughs> we call it, um, which you can't get anywhere else. Uh, premiered at too much acclaim at Max Funcon, and also 
all of the uh, animated cutscenes from Jordan Jesse game, which you can otherwise only get by beating Jordan Jesse game. Which is very hard. It's very hard because of something about sprites. Uh, something related to sprites <laughs> is the reason it's why. Pixies. Pixies. Um, Gremlins. Gremlins. Um, uh, that features our friend uh, John Hodgman and Andy Daly. Um, and you get that by donating $5 a month or more. It's that simple. It is that simple. And, of course, we had a big T-shirt contest. You can get a T-shirt if you, uh, of the Sound of Young America, of Stop Podcasting Yourself, of Jordan Jesse Go, if you donate $10 a month or more. In addition to the DVD, if you donate $20 a month or more, you get all three. You get the DVD, you get the T-shirt, and then you get a special prize from our prize pool. We've got uh, about 100 books and musics and DVDs and shit like that. Musics. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Music discs, excuse me. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, so MaximumFun.org slash donate. Our goal, a thousand new donors. You can keep up on, uh, you can keep up with, uh, our progress at MaximumFun.org. We hope you'll be tweeting about it. And, uh, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Sitting in, Nick Repeat Adams. Oh, it's always a joy to have Nick here, isn't it? It is. It's a real treat. Oh. I get to see Coco. It's yeah. great. Nick, Nick likes Coco like, better uh, than either of us. Do you like Coco's new summer do? She's got a new summer hairstyle. She's looking pretty snazzy. Yeah, she looks, she, what I like about <clears throat> giving Coco a nice summer haircut, normally she's a very scruffy dog. Give her a summer haircut, she looks a little bit like a seal or an otter. Did you give her her haircut? No, we, we, took, we took her to the uh, dog haircut. Train professional Store, yeah. In her new otter-like state, is she learning to use tools? Um, n- no, but we think she may get there. I mean, w- we have been giving her a lot of clams, mm-hmm. um, just in the hopes that she'll be able to figure out the whole tool thing. No floating on her back and opening them up? Yeah, I mean, w- we'll see. We-, we also have a lot of rocks around the house, but that was just already. We already you have, have a lot of Japanese rocks. rock gardens. Yeah. You guys are really into those. In our house. Um, why, don't you- why don't you see more otters as pets? They're so cute. Um, Don't ferocious, you think people probably. Would, um, yeah, maybe. Maybe it's hard, just hard to get clams. Hard to get enough clams. Yeah, yeah. Does that sound right? I would just throw an otter in the pool. Okay. Wouldn't that be cute? That would mm. be pretty cute. I would be better. If people than... would just go outside. I mean, this is assuming you're rich and you have a pool. But you know like, how you, you know go out, this salt water great, pool. Yeah, saltwater pool. You know, how a lot of people will get a pool and they'll be excited that they have a pool, but then they'll realize that pools are you know a little bit boring and they won't use them that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have a possibility of marketing something to those people, uh, bringing those people otters to make their pools dramatically more entertaining. Sure. And adorable. Because, number one, it's something to look at when nobody's in the pool, uh, certainly if there's no sexy bikini ladies around. Sure. Uh, number two, put a little kid in there with the otter. Are they going to make friends? Is the otter going to slash the little kid with its claws? You know, it's got powerful sort of flipper claws. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I do know about flipper claws. I think this, fuck this pledge drive bullshit. Fuck, ma- fuck MaximumFun.org slash donate. The real money is in selling otters to pool owners. Or <laughs> if someone donates enough money, they get an otter. That's the prize. Oh, I like that. 
I like that, but Nick. you have you to send us a picture of your pool. We're not going to just put an otter into an apartment where right. it has no place to float. Not going to be ridiculous, right? And and here's, yeah, that's silly. I want this to be. I want this to be at least like a full lap pool. It doesn't have to be Olympic sized, no. But I don't want one of these. I, the last thing I want is one of these pools with the. Uh, it's like really small. Not a reflecting it has the current pool. that you swim against. It, oh, uh, what's yeah. that called? It's in the back of like New Yorker magazine. Sure, that's going to tire out. And certainly, I don't want any poke boats. Speaking no. of things in the back of the New Yorker. <laughs> no above-ground pools. No, no above-ground pools. No ch- kitty pools. We want a real pool. Yeah, we, we're concerned primarily about the welfare of the otter. Here's the Which thing. Which is why we're taking them out of the wild and yeah, putting them throwing in them into a chlorinated pool. Sure. Uh, <laughs> right. With little to no clams. Right. Well, well, we'll provide a starter pack of clams. Sure. Don't you think we should provide a clam starter pack? Yeah. No, I mean that's that's it's only polite. Until the so the 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 only the new owner so you've we'll, we'll make a little pamphlet too. So you've got an otter. Sure. So they get up on their feet. Right, and find a source sourcing the clams, mm. sourcing the the stones that they use to bang open the clams. Right. It's a whole cottage inside it just says it. don't feed it dog food. <laughs> Unless you want its unless you want its coat to be coat to be really shiny yeah. and beautiful, and which that, you in, do. In which case, do feed it dog do food. Do feed it some dog food. Um, Jordan, I, I feel like um, I feel like when we were in the break there, I was getting I, I was getting a something stuck in my craw vibe from you. You know that's uh, it's apt, Jesse. Yeah, I do have something lodged in my craw. <laughs> okay, sure, lodged let's... deep in my craw. Is Can I a... get it off my chest? Is it a clam? Get it's... out of your craw. <laughs> your no. craw is you know, in your chest. Uh, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't like any bivalves. I won't need a bivalve. Okay. Yeah. I, have don't, a, I I don't I don't understand the appeal of them. Mussel oyster. What? Yeah. Delicious. Anything that comes out of the ocean, I'm down for. So it. gross. And really? I no. They taste like. It all tastes like the ocean. Anything yeah. with a hinged Great. a hinged shell. I, I had I, a really I, I had a really disappointing uh, day about two weeks ago when someone told me that uh, shrimp aren't good for you. I figured they yeah. were roughly Fuck equivalent that guy. to fish. That's a lie. Yeah. I figured yeah, they were right. equivalent What's to fish. Slanderous. Turns out they've got a lot of cholesterols in them or something like that, and they're huh. not, not very good for you. So and it's it. too bad because shrimps is the only thing from the ocean that I'm really into. What? Yeah. Shopping I don't mind a squid. I'll eat a squid, too. Anything that comes out of the sea. Yeah, appropriately for... battered. And, uh, if you batter it, if you fry apply, it. Apply some aioli. Can I ask you guys a question about ordering? Uh, we'll get back to your craw in a second. No, sure, sure. absolutely. My, trust me, Jesse. My craw will still be here when you get back. Okay, right there on your chest. Sure. Um, I, I want to ask you a question about ordering the uh, fried calamari at a restaurant. Sure. You order that fried calamari. Uh, you get two kinds of calamaris. You get O-circle, and then you get little octopus. Right. What's the point of having the O-circles if the little octopuses are available? Like, who are these people who want an O-circle instead of a little octopus? I think there are probably oh, some people who the, <clears throat> the little octopus might creep them out. Yeah, no, that's, that's me. Yeah. Uh, the tentacles make me nervous. I should be, I should be able to say, hold the circles. All I want is little octopuses All because octopuses. it's so exciting. It's, it's a reminder that you have dominion over the beasts. <laughs> you can deep fry them in their natural state. Yeah, they're little... So you'll eat the tentacles, but you won't eat just regular seafood? Um, I, I, it doesn't taste good to me. A fish, a fish tastes gross to me. Every fish I, just tastes gross to me. I don't like it. Shocking. I know. That's amazing. I know. You thought I was the kind of urbane guy who loves and a good... And you're from... San snapper. Francisco loves a good snapper, a, a fine coastal <laughs> oh. seafood uh, destination. Grouper. Maybe I just associate seafood White with fish. tourists. Seafood with tourists? Yeah, I feel like that's the only people who eat seafood in San Francisco. 
People go down to Fisherman's Wharf. Or the people that just go to a restaurant and randomly order salmon. Yeah, get themselves a mahi-mahi, maybe. Thorn, you don't know what you're missing. I would eat, I'll eat a tuna tartare thing. It seems like a random... It, no, because the thing is, is a tuna tartare, here's why. A tuna tartare, when, you, when you're tartaring the tuna, you don't want it to taste too much like tuna. So you put a lot of other shit okay, in there. Okay, Dr. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? They they put a lot of stuff in there to confuse you into thinking that you're not eating a raw fish. They put like some mango chutney in there or something like that. You know, like whatever their fusion fusion cuisine thing is that they add to the Nick. Why are you so angry at me? I bet Jordan doesn't <laughs> like eating fishes. Uh, no, I'll uh, I'll, I'll eat. I'm, I'm halibut mostly sea bass. Uh, I'm mostly. I would say I'm about. 60 40 against fish. What? Uh, but I still like We had a conversation about fish and chips. I know that's right. kind of a deep fried mayonnaise situation. <laughs> uh, not the real deal. But no, I'll, you know, I'll eat a sashimi if I go to a sushi restaurant that's delicious and slimy. I don't know. I kind of feel like, uh, uh, I, I kind of feel like, like if somebody served me fish and chips, I would just be disappointed that it wasn't chicken fingers. <laughs> Thorn. So disappointing. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a sophisticated in many ways, but I have an unsophisticated uh, undersea palate. I'm married an Alaskan, so that none of this stuff would even compute in our household. Like you might uh, be thrown out of our household. Do you use one of those? Do you use one of those knives with the with the blade that's like shaped like a smile on a smiley face, where you have to rock it back and uh, forth to chop? It's things? called a mezzaluna, and yes, we do have one. <laughs> Thank you very it's much. It's an authentic Lord of the Rings replica <laughs> weapon. And yes, we do use it in I food preparation. I thought it was by called my... like an Ulu or something no, like that. No, it's a Metzaluna. It's a, it's a Nigella Lawson-inspired purchase that we made. <laughs> Wait Absolutely. a minute, Nick. This isn't about... This isn't about... This isn't about some kind of... Uh, uh, this isn't about being an Alaskan. This isn't about traditional ways to flay a salmon. This isn't about the First Nations. This is... This is about Nigella Lawson. It all goes back to Nigella Lawson. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much on board with Nigella Lawson. Are you on board with this, Jordan? Uh, this is this foxy cooking lady, right? Yeah. Oh, man, is she? Although yeah. she, did, she did drop out of my top five. I don't know if you... Oh, who reported... You know, I was, fi- I, was looking at your, I was looking at your blog. I was looking at your blog. I saw that you'd updated your list of the top five white ladies. I did. I did. Oh, my. Who, oh, who, who knocked her out of the top spot? Uh, um, or I guess the middle. I don't know what well, spot Well, there was, was a at. shakeup. Things got a little bit more political. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth Warren, I think, is her name. She's the, uh, right. the uh, oversight uh, lady on the financial uh, side of things. She's been all over the news. She was on The Daily Show. She's like okay. this adorable school marmish Watchdog lady, she's she's up there, and uh, you like a woman. Her? You like a woman who's going to call you out for insider trading. Absolutely, <laughs> it's a turn on. Yeah, teach a little a lesson. Turn teach a lesson. Also in my top five is uh, Amy Goodman from Democracy Now. <laughs> okay, why are you? No, I. It's, it's not about I've sexuality. Never, I've never. Oh, it's not. It's okay. not about sexuality. Like Come on, this is quality. Of I'm about ladies. sensuality, okay. Jordan. I'm above that. But it's about just Nick, their so, impact on my life overall. Okay. As someone who's as someone who's uh, as someone who's seen Amy Goodman interacting live in person in at public radio conferences, yeah, it's not about sexuality. Okay, it's not it's not a physical thing. Well, she's, she's, okay, she is wait, a badass. So here's the thing. You know I guess I guess is Ni- Nigella Lawson's presence or former presence right. on the list that had nothing to do with her intense sexuality oh it had a lot to do with her intense sexuality but it was so also about her inner it's, it's not just about sexuality it's i not. call it smoldering 
It's very, it's very much smoldering. Nigella Lawson's gift is sexualizing the non-sexual, I would yeah. say. Well, I mean, food is kind of a sensual thing. You're putting Certainly, in your well, mouth. when Nigella Lawson, like the primary, you know, the, the biggest shots in a Nigella Lawson show were like her pouring cream over her head. <laughs> her laying in bed and eating chocolates, which it, she actually does on her show. Have we talked about, Jordan, have we talked about the time I met Nigella Lawson on Jordan Jesse Go? I don't think we have. I fed her grapes. Oh, actually, yeah, you hold told on. me that story. Before, before we get into this grape story, I would okay. like to hear it. I just want to hear who the number one white lady is. Oh, it's, it's Bjork in perpetuity until okay. something, oh, okay. something momentous happens. Fair enough. Rocks. That's not gotcha. unreasonable. I don't yeah. think anybody can argue with that. Yeah. Sorry. I can mean, you? she's really white. I mean, she's Icelandic, which is like sort of the capital of white people. I sure, think. Yeah. yeah. And she's just... You know, she's pretty amazing. Like she's the most amazing right. white lady ever. Well, back to Jesse's lie. <laughs> Maybe Betsy telling. Ross. <laughs> okay. I th- I feel like Ice- Iceland at this point is you know they're really into alternative fuels. It may be fueled by whiteness. <laughs> like it's they fueled grab by something Bjork. that's sort of like they grab something that's sort of like a love meter handle. <laughs> and they fuel the nation based on their whiteness. They got a lot of it. Yeah, they're almost is, electric. Is Bjork still musically relevant? Does she still do Bjorky type thing? Yeah, things? she's still around. I mean, she's never been sort of, you know, she's no Fergie. Like, she's not going to be on the cover of Entertainment Weekly. Sure. But, you know. If she you, couldn't cut the mustard. Yeah. She like actual good music and not She doesn't have uh, the muscles crap. to be Fergie. Yeah. She doesn't have the raw physical power. Or the shitty rap. Backing her, <laughs> yeah. You don't add white women to rap groups. I'm sorry. There's a lot of things that can be improved by the. You're looking of a white at me lady. like it was my idea, Jordan. It was your idea to add a white lady to the Black Eyed Peas. Remember, listen. I was drunk Nick- and I was yelling a lot of things at Will. I am. One of them was add a white lady. The other one was throw some otters in your pool. <laughs> I don't. I. Sorry, that's the one he picked. How do you know? You never know what's going on in the massive I am compound. No, I've yeah, no, Nick, I've seen the pool. No otters. <laughs> Nick, you remember? I mean, it was it was back There's when a manatee. It was back when the Black Eyed Peas were just a, a pleasant and inoffensive underground hip hop group, moderately successful, moderately successful, completely contentless. Um, who are, who are always, probably best known for their for dancing on stage? Do they always and have their, the their smash guy? hit joints and jams? Yeah, sure. They always have the Filipino guy. Was he, yeah, was they he always a had a edition. Filipino guy. They, they are, you, were... are you referring uh, to Taboo? Yes. He is uh, part Native American and part something else, I think. Okay. Oh, my, my wife actually wrong. met those guys in a magazine shoot. And sometimes, really I get, gentleman. sometimes I have to admit, I get Taboo and Apple D app confused. That's, it's, it's understandable. They're all so bad at rapping. <laughs> I mean, even even back even back when uh, e- even back when like the primary indicator of quality hip hop was supposed to be whether or not it was positive, right? Um, even then, we knew that they were terrible at rapping. Well, I mean, I don't I, like their first album, which I think is really really good. I don't I don't think they're. Mm, I think that's about two two releases too many. No, I think I, I I think it's a really good album. I don't think they were ever the strongest MCs. I think the production was great and the overall vibe was great. But I listen, there's the a thing. lot of people that have gotten successful in rap who who aren't really great MCs. I mean, I don't think. You but know. usually, they, at the very least, they're distinctive. You know what I mean? Like I feel like they and I have nothing. Like I I enjoy, I like listen to that. I'll, I'll listen to that record. You mm-hmm. know, I will listen to Joints and Jams specifically. Um, but uh, they're horrible rappers. They're very. I think they've devolved into horrible rappers. I think they started out. You know, no, middle they of the were road. just as bad. I think the uh, oh, there's no way you can tell me that you know boom bap and all this crap that they're doing now <laughs> is as bad as what they were doing on that. For, come, Jesse. Like, <laughs> there's a part of me though. There's a part of me that like kind of respects them because I feel like they they and maybe at some point they said, you know what, we're terrible at rapping. <laughs> we should focus on saying a thing over and over. Hmm. That way we won't have to rap. 
They, I, that's that's how I would characterize their contemporary. They definitely careers. made a conscious choice to not try to get better. You know what? They definitely did that. You know their hit song <clears throat> "I Got a Feeling." How can you not know the hit song "I Got a Feeling"? So this this song, uh, I don't know. Uh, every time I hear it, it kind of makes me want to vomit, but also I'm kind of into it. I I am not immune to the charms of "I've Got a Feeling." Now, granted, I. You know, part of this is probably just that I don't listen to a lot of pop radio or right. spend a lot of time in the mall, so I'm not, I don't have to spend a lot of time with this song yeah. to the point where it, it's... You don't watch a lot of movie trailers. I feel like that comes up in a lot of movie trailers these days. Yeah, I don't, I don't watch a lot of movie trailers, probably, compared to the average man, but uh, I kind of... I, I, I can understand its appeal. I would... I would literally kill a person to never have to hear the Black Eyed music. <laughs> not a, not an actual person, like a maybe like a Republican senator or someone like that. Not an actual real human being, but I would strangle a man with my bare hands if he would ensure that they would never be allowed to produce musics ever again. Man, you should not. I'll tell you this much. I, I don't know how much time you spent with the Filipino community, but I would not. I would not share that with them. Listen, I, I'll they go toe to toe with all of the Filipino. This is one issue on which I refuse to back down. Yeah, the 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 Pinoys of the world have, have are really gonna are, are really gonna take it to you if you. I mean, you saw what they did to Adam Carolla when he made one of his many many slightly racist, vaguely racist uh, comments about some Filipino boxer. Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a ridiculous comment. It was, but I mean, you know, it's, it's Corolla. You know, he says these things about once a show. Right. Uh, they really stuck it to him. What was the, Imagine what was the if comment? You took I, don't on, the, I don't know what the comment was. I, I don't remember. It was sort of like, it was something about, you know, him. It was something about religions in the Philippines. It was like a vaguely... Uh, it was like vaguely like that one guy in Major League with the bone through his nose. <laughs> right. Up yours, Joe Boo. Yeah, it was sort of suggested that. Okay. It was one of those things where white people extrapolate, like, you know, they, they reference someone else's culture and a, a belief that that culture has it they think is, is silly and subscribe, you know, ascribe it to the entire culture as if white culture doesn't have, you know, as many silly beliefs as every other culture. We believe in Barbara Streisand, for example. Yeah. I think for that, I think uh, he should have to explain that to Manny Pacquiao, you know, in a <laughs> ring with boxing gloves on. Uh, you know, uh, I I could see that happening. You know, Corolla was uh, Corolla was a boxer for some time. Yeah, uh, well, he, 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 I don't think he was a uh, Manny Pacquiao level boxer. I don't think there is very many people who have ever walked the earth who are Manny Pacquiao. Well, what, level what weight class is that guy fighting? Is he a sm- Pacquiao? Yeah, I get those confused. But he runs like about fly what? Weight? One forty, one one fifty. There was a guy. Uh, there was a guy who was a student teacher at my middle school, um, and he was a professional boxer, a part-time professional boxer. In fact, he once fought on ESPN while he was teaching at our school. Student teaching at our school. And uh, he was like a flyweight. He was like the smallest weight you could be. He was maybe like 5'2". He was like smaller than me uh, or maybe 5'4". Like smaller than me when I was 11. And um, I I don't think a person could physically have more muscles than he had. And also like you... He was... He... The velocity with which he was a- that he was able to bring to bear on any given physical task was so spectacular. Like it was, it was like you couldn't like it was. It was like you couldn't see his hands moving, no matter what he was doing. The old hand speed, man. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was unreal. A boxer is a 
a remarkable creature. Although I have to say, in my in my old age, I've become less and less a fan of boxing. When I when I watch boxing, I find myself thinking, haven't we evolved beyond this? You hmm. know what though? What's amazing is we've evolved beyond it uh, into uh, mixed martial more, arts fighting, more brutal forms of just, combat, which is just boxing but with kicking in the shins. <laughs> yeah. Boy, I I I have a uh, a good a good buddy of mine who uh, who I work with who I the the kind of co-producer I go on a lot of my uh, kind of work trips with uh, loves mixed martial arts and uh, you know very good guy I like spending time with him you know he'll want to you know go to a bar and have a drink when there's a fight on and watch it I I can't do it and as much as I I, I uh, like someone inviting me into their sports experience which people don't typically do because of my uh, questions and just kind of zoning out while it happens. Um, I'm either asking a dumb question or I'm zoning out when something sports-related right. is sure. going on. Uh, as much as I appreciate it, I just I, I, I can't get interested in it. I feel like it's alternately boring and horrific. Like, when I'm not bored, I'm horrified. And when you horrified. say as much as you appreciate it... Yeah, I'm horrified. It, the extent to which you appreciate it is largely none. What do you mean? Well, I don't. I, what, what do you mean? You said as much as you appreciate a sports experience. Oh, I appreciate when someone invites me into oh, their sports experience. I five five five. It's a it's it's a compliment. Uh, I like the idea of some sort of there was, group viewing. There was a point in my life where I had thought maybe I'll get into boxing. I was about uh, fifteen, sixteen. I don't remember exactly how old I was. Um, went to somebody's house, a friend of my dad's house, to watch uh, watch a big fight. Uh, and then uh, Mike Tyson bit uh, Vander Holyfield's ear off, <laughs> and it fucking terrified me. Yeah. It horrified me because the the basis of boxing, like I feel like the the ground the ground rules of boxing are the only thing that reminds you that it's not a you know nightmare. No biting. Yeah, the fact that the, that you can't bite or kick somebody in the balls. Mm. Is like the only thing that makes you feel like maybe this could be a sport. Maybe it's a beautiful display of athleticism rather than just uh, you know a nightmare, post-apocalyptic, um, <laughs> you know, betting scenario. I I still appreciate the skill and in boxing. I, I think it can be a sort of beautiful display of athleticism, but ultimately it's two people punching each other in the face. <laughs> sure. So I don't know. I feel like at a certain point. Did I hear that Mike Tyson has another? Kind of hangover esque, self referential appearance planned. Like what, another. What else can he do? I mean, Mike Tyson has has more than that, my friend. Oh, Mike Tyson has an upcoming reality series on Animal Planet. That's right. I forgot about what that. animal? Why <laughs> was he punching animals? <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's Mike, it's Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. What animals can I punch? That was a different of, animal each week. That was one of the you know every now and then you see something in the news and you read the you read the headline and you just I just I do this I make this face like oh, no, I'm not reading that I don't even want to <laughs> I'm just gonna pretend like I didn't hear that like it's like the Flavor Flav sitcom I saw the headline and I just went you know I'm just gonna move on with my day as far as I'm concerned it. that's not happening yeah it's not happening you I'm can't just block sink it your out. emotions into that yeah. um you know as as appealing as the idea is that maybe it would just be Mike Tyson fighting a different animal every week or just a show about Mike Tyson, who they consider to be less than human. <laughs> um, what it actually is, is uh, it's a show about uh, Mike Tyson's passion for pigeons. Right, right. He has always loved raising pigeons in sort of like Ghost Dog. Okay. Um, and uh, it's about his uh, love affair with his pigeons. 
I don't know what the storyline is. I don't. I can't How many episodes are there? Because pigeons. There'll be thirty episodes in the season. Yeah, I really don't understand what narrative you can make out of pigeons. I mean, but look, they made a show out of sort of post-op trannies in Orange County, you know, posing as housewives. I don't think you really need a narrative in reality television anymore. It's just like, hey, here's some annoying, you know, Italians down the shore. Like, put them on TV. Like, but how Mike Tyson will, I, I guess I, show. I guess I guess uh, I agree with what you're saying. I'm just saying to this Mike Tyson pigeon project, how do we <laughs> add sluts? <laughs> That's a good How point. are we going to add a few sluts? Here's the thing. Okay. Uh, there are certain things that a, there are certain hobbies that a young man takes up in order to attract women, whether it's playing the guitar or uh, fighting in a boxing gym. Um, there are certain things that uh, a young man might do in order to appeal to the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there is no doubt, less than zero doubt, that pigeon handling and breeding. Is one sure. of those activities. Maybe. Nothing draws the dames like a good bird. Hey, it's right up there with train <laughs> spotting. Um, ham radio. Ham radio, <laughs> certainly. Um, absolutely ham radio. Yeah, Carmen Electra is going to come visit his roof covered in shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sexy if star there's a, of Baywatch. If there's a Carmen camera there, Electra. she will definitely come sure. visit. Yeah, oh, yeah. She <laughs> there's will a video appear camera. in front of a camera. Um, we'll be back in just a second with more of Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Sitting in, I'm Nick Repeat Adams. Oh, Nick, it's such a joy to have you here. It's a joy to be here over in, in uh, beautiful Silver Lake, yeah. epicenter of everything hip in Los Angeles. Oh, uh, oh. Jesse doesn't like people who know where he lives. So, yeah. Uh, uh, Brentwood, California. There you go. I, m- I misspoke. Sure. I wish I could perfect buy... a perfect cover. What if my thing was that I had bought O.J. Simpson's mansion? In Let's go with that. Let's go with that. Yeah, I lo- we're here in the Simpson ma- in Simpson Manor. <laughs> I don't know why that baffled me so much. He said we're here in Brentwood. He's like, what if I bought O.J. Simpson's house? Was it O.J. Simpson? I, yeah, I think you're probably right. I feel like most of the world, maybe because you're from Southern California originally, yeah. Brentwood doesn't just mean O.J. Simpson's house. But I think for most of the world, if you say Brentwood, all that means that was yeah. the yeah. only time. That was the first time because that was before I lived here. That was the the first time I'd ever heard. Brentwood. It's and so funny how how those O.J. Simpson details are so ing- like that. Just that's a a terrible slash dumb thing that happened a long time ago. But for some reason, like yeah, like I do recognize that. It's, it's our generation's uh, JFK assassination. Is the whole O.J. Sure. debacle? Absolutely. Judge Ito, guys. Judge we, Ito? Yeah. You mean because in both cases we lost one of our greatest leaders? Yes, of course. That's exactly <laughs> what I meant. And now the emails from white people will come pouring in. <laughs> Nick Adams. Um, uh, speaking of good times, pledge drive, <laughs> pledge drive speaking time of here. At, double murder. <laughs> pledge drive time here at Alleged. MaximumFun.org. Um, Nick, I don't know if you know about this. If I, I may not even have talked to you about this yet, but uh, Jordan and I are doing an eight-hour Jordan Jesse Go program on May 28th. I think eight, you mentioned it. Eight hours, eight hours long. How is that going to work? 
Um, uh, poorly, I expect. <laughs> we'll see. No, it'll we'll be see. unwatchable. I'm looking. I'm looking up at the board. We've already got confirmed guests. This is just confirmed guests. We we're, we've only begun to book There's guests. A lot on of this stuff thing. in the hopper. Uh, the Sklar brothers, five very funny guys. Paul Shear, Rob Hubel, very funny guys. Uh, Clifford and Kid, our pals Clifford and Kid, the sketch comedy group. That's a that's a that's a that's an old school Jordan Jesse Go favorite. Sure, people still probably still remember the candy bar contest. We're gonna do a we're gonna do a root beer taste test with. With uh, Clifford and Oh, Kidd. fantastic. It's going to be fantastic. Those two charming li- young ladies. Uh, Karen Kilgareth. Very funny uh, lady. As good as it gets. Steve Agee uh, from the uh, 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 Sarah Silverman program. The... Uh, a giant man. A huge man. Sure. I, I like, I, I like to... Bearded. I like to bring somebody on the show who's bigger than I am to, make, to, to remind me of my place in the universe. Keep you, keep you in check. Exactly. And uh, <laughs> speaking of bigger than I am, Edie McClurg. Edie McClurg is going to be on the wow, program. Wow. Now that's a get. That is uh, in the business, we call that a get. Yes. Edie McClurg. We're going to stream it from 4 p.m. Pacific to midnight Pacific on uh, Friday the 28th. It's the grand finale of the Maximum Fun Drive. Sure. Um, if we're not nearing our goal of 1,000 donors by then, I think we're, that's when we're going to close the deal. If Edie, Edie should put donors. you over the top. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you're Ma- not donating for Edie McClurg, I don't know what the fuck you'll donate she for. She played the teacher, the secretary in Ferris Bueller. What was it? The secretary, the school sc- secretary, sure. right? Sure. She did a voiceover work in A Bug's Life. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about the Edie McClurg, Nick. The Edie McClurg. I celebrate her entire body of work, Jesse. Here's the thing. I, uh, w- what we're doing here is all supported by your donations. There's already, um, uh, there are already hu- literally hundreds of people who uh, donate to support uh, all these things that we do, whether it's uh, $5 a month, $10 a month, $20 a month, $100, $200 a month. Um, you know, we've got donors at all of those levels, and every single one, single one of those people is somebody who believes in supporting what you like. Like we spend, we don't, we try not to. It's not like your local public radio station. We don't have three pledge drives a year. We just do it once a year for two weeks. Just get it out of the way. And uh, but this is this is most of the this is most of the money that supports MaximumFun.org. I really. People will get shocked sometimes if I tell them how much money I get from public radio stations, from the several dozen public radio stations that we're on. Um, but it's, uh, let's put it this way, less than $15,000 a year. Wow. Um, and, you know, that has to support not just me, but also Nick, who edits the show, and, you know, uh, all the other activities that we do, you know, booking studios and blah, 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 blah. So uh, MaximumFun.org is where you can go to donate, and I expect you to do so. If you're out there and you're listening, we've got, we've got literally, we've got a five-digit audience on Jordan Jesse Go, a strong five-digit audience. Um, there's no reason that these people shouldn't be donating. They can get up off. Yeah, Pony up, cheapskates. Hey, mm. how about this? Give us two bucks a month. Get off your duff. <laughs> hey, guys, get off your duff. Good can, night, everybody. Can that be the can that be the catchphrase of our pledge drive? I mean, yeah, I guess. You have to give me eight bucks for it. Really? Yes, that's what I charge for catchphrases. <laughs> An $8 charge for catchphrases? You know that this money... That's a bargain. That is a fucking bargain. You know how much Wendy's made with Where's the Beef? <laughs> you know how much you're going to make with Get Off Your Duff? Did you create Where's the Beef? It's an investment. No, I'm just saying these, this is how powerful catchphrases can be. I just recently watched Art and Copy, so I'm in agreement. There you go. I don't know. I, I kind of am a little worried about this. I mean, for one thing, Jordan, I hey, kind of feel you know what? Like- you know this what? should be a team effort. I mean, you, you, the money that you get paid to do this show comes from this. You know what? From these donations. I, you know, if you're going to have that toot, go ahead. Try your little pledge drive without get off your duff. Let's see how much money you make. I bet it's nothing. I bet it's jack squat. 
Jeez. Okay, look. Um, I've got... Uh, see, that's a one. All right. Got two ten. How about if I give you ten? Do you have change? I don't have change. What if I give you eleven? Do you have change for eleven? I do have change for eleven. <laughs> yes. Okay, great. All right. Where's the? Get off your duff. Get off your. Duff. Oh no! Change it to where's the duff? <laughs> where's the duff? Maximumfund.org slash donate. No excuses. Do it now. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Nick Repeat Adams, happy to be here in Brentwood, California. <laughs> oh, beautiful Brentwood, California, where the lawns are green and the money's greener. And blood runs down the alleyways. <laughs> Marsha Clark, guys. <laughs> right? <laughs> Judge Edo. Oh, good old Edo. What was it? What was Bruno Molly's. Christopher Darden. Christopher Darden. Christopher Darden's book. Cato Kalen. <laughs> yeah, sure. Absolutely. Christopher Darden's book. Cato Kalen, certainly uh, uh, Glove. How sure. about that one? Johnny Cochran. Stabbings. Murder. That was more of a. It wasn't a stabbing. That was more of a. Slashing? Like a beheading. It was, a, it was a beheading? They were beheaded? Well, I don't now we're remember very the graphic. specifics. Now of all of a that. sudden we're uh, Nancy Grace. <laughs> well, I, the problem is I don't have anything to accuse you guys of. She would be in my bottom five white women. Mm. <laughs> now there's a there's a there's a blog entry that eight people will read. <laughs> <laughs> Your bottom five white women. Yeah, yeah. Nancy Grace is definitely in the bottom. Do you five. keep lists for each ethnicity distinct of the other ethnicities, or is it is it really just white and other? Um, you're an African. For folks who don't know, you're an African American gentleman yourself. Yes, I'm. No, I'm, I'm black. I don't. I don't consider myself African American. Okay. I like black. You're, I prefer black. You're. You're. You're one of the blacks. I'm one of the blacks. One uh, of the many blacks. Your wife is a. Your wife is Native American, but maybe also she's a. She's of mixed ethnicity. Is uh, that she's Native American and Caucasian, but primarily Native American. Primarily Native American. So you're. You're it's like looking taboo. At, you're looking Similar to real... Taboo from the Black Eyed Peas. Did she also play Vega in a Street Fighter movie? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jordan, um, yes. she's not Taboo. She is Apple D App. Oh, excuse me. Uh, somebody, uh, I have a, a friend who works for the Black Eyed Peas, and uh, she tells me that Taboo wears the Vega outfit on stage. <laughs> referencing the failed Street Fighter movie that he was in. And also... Uh, in terms of horrible comic slash video game adaptations, Will I Am was I recently saw him in the X Men. Oh sure, the Wolverine. prequel, yeah, which was abysmal in all. Will shape I and Am form. was in Wolverine. Yes. Yeah. You know what? I saw um, Common in the movie Date Night, and I thought to myself, like he, this is Common's role in the movie Date Night. Common plays the second policeman of a team of two corrupt, annoyed policemen. Uh, the first one is played by uh, uh, what's the fellow who's on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Recently had an excellent turn on Party Down. Uh, Edie McClurg. Edie McClurg in uh, in the new Party Down. Season? Yeah, the new the first episode of the new season of Party Down. Uh, Simpson, Simpson, something Simpson, uh, Sammy Simpson or something like that. <laughs> um, anyway, this this fellow was the first one. He had most of the lines. Common had about five lines and uh, maybe. You know, fifteen or twenty minutes of screen time in the film couldn't swing it. <laughs> so, so you're not 
you're not going to see just right, is what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> at the risk of uh, making a mistake and sounding racist, isn't he erotically hugging Queen Latifah in some billboards recently? Well, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of problems with that. Number one, common playing basketball. This is, I think, a symptom of, uh, uh, of America's film producers just assuming that as long as you cast a black guy, he will be credible playing basketball. I have gone on record for years now saying if you're making a movie about a sport... Anyone on film playing the sport has to have at least played that sport in college or semi-professionally. Yeah. Without, it doesn't work. It just doesn't you gotta work. you got to get Costner. you basically got to get you Costner. you got to get a... And there's, there's actually Did a Costner lot of people in, in town who played basketball like at a competitive level. And like. Common did not. No. If, I don't know if you've seen the previews for this film, it's but hilarious. Common did not play basketball at a competitive level. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I, hey, look, I'm a big Common fan. As I like am Common I. a lot. I mean, granted, his last couple records have been kind of a snooze, but uh, a gifted rapper, a gifted rapper, an, an excellent dancer as well. I don't know if you've ever seen him yeah, yeah. windmill, but he can, he can break a little bit as well. Um, a, a handsome man. Uh, by all accounts, a decent fellow. I've never heard someone speak an ill word of common. No, have I? But boy, based on the movie Date Night, I cannot imagine making it through an entire movie that stars him as an actor. Queen Latifah's quite good, though. Isn't she great? She's, she's, she's a talented great. lass. She's, she's great. Um, why don't we go to the telephones? Yeah. Uh, at Max Fun Con. Maybe Queen Latifah has called. At the, uh, at the uh, S'mores Roast at mm-hmm. Max Fun Con, I was talking to some f- friendly Max Funsters. Uh, I was, they, were at, they asked me why we didn't have that many calls lately. I said, I can't get the uh, CD player to work uh, with my burned CDs, and I don't know why, because they used to work fine, and maybe it's something about my new computer or something. <laughs> Here's what they told me. Hmm. You've got to burn the CD at a slower rate so it has less errors because it's likely that my CD player has poor error correction. Oh. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. My feeling Whoosh. is... That, Nick just made the zooming over the head motion. But I'm glad that I didn't go out and buy a new CD player to correct this problem, which was the only uh, error that I had in my quiver hmm. because, check this out. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, go. This is Jeff from Erie. Uh, just calling with a momentous occasion. Um... This Wednesday, it was announced that they're putting pot legalization on the California ballot. So in November, all you guys over living in California are going to decide whether you want to legalize and tax marijuana. And I just want to say that that is a political opportunity that no one seems to be taking, even though we can get about $13 billion in revenue, plus all kinds of unknown benefits right now. So, um, Nick, I just wanted you to hear what you sound like. <laughs> mm. That's not me. That's Jeff calling from Erie. <laughs> hey, Jordan, Jesse, go. Uh, this is Jimmy in L.A. And uh, I also get my hair cut at Jerry the Barber. I have since I was a baby. And uh, a few years ago, we recommended him to uh, uh, a gay couple that lives across the street from us. Very nice guys. And now they get their hair cut at Jerry the Barber's. And they always get their hair cut together. And whenever Jerry talks about them to us... He calls them the Bobsy Twins. Jerry the Barber. You know about Jerry the Homophobe. Barber? Homophobe. You, you go to a... That's a slur. <laughs> you, you probably go to a black person barber. This is a specific I go to genre of barber. Barbers. I mean, oh, come on. You got, you got very little hair up there. Yeah. You're, you're shaving it off. Yeah, yeah. What are you using? A, a triple blade? A quadruple blade? I usually go with a Mach 3. Okay. Mm. That's a nice blade. The Extreme 3, though. Whatever they're... You know, I've been... Do you know tra- what Vin Diesel uses? I do not. You I guys haven't either. talked about that? Do you know Vin Diesel? Of course. He's a black guy. 
I, my, I have my <laughs> contingent is that I think he's a white guy who's con, who's built up an interesting persona of multiracialism. Yeah, what is Vin Diesel's deal? I don't know. I think he's like black and Italian, right? Yeah. If you, I don't know if you guys have seen. If you if you type Vin Diesel into YouTube, uh, he directed a Multifacial. short film. He, was that what it's called? Multifacial was his short, I think. Uh, I, th- I, I watched it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very good. I've heard that it's very good. I haven't seen it, but I've heard good I stuff mean, about it. I mean, it didn't blow my mind or anything, but I can see why Hollywood people saw it and thought, man, this guy's really got something on the ball. And uh, he seems to have decided to spend most of his uh, sort of Hollywood capital on the Chronicles of Riddick. Which, which... And the Fast and Furiouses. Sure. Well, I think he... The Furii. I get the... Do you get the feeling that he went back to the Fast and Furii because he needed to develop some more uh, Hollywood capital so that he could return to the Chronicles of Riddick? <laughs> yeah, I feel like everything... He's got this big... He's got a grand Riddick plan. Oh. Uh, and yeah, everything... I enjoyed the first... Riddick movie, I have to say. Yeah, Pitch no, Black, Pitch I really Black like isn't it. bad. I, uh, that, is, that is fun. And also, are, I didn't, I didn't you know, expect anything out of it. It wasn't some momentous sci-fi. It was are, just a movie. There are further chronicles to be chronicled, though. I don't know. That there second stories, was pretty... There are stories left untold. I think... You think it wrapped it up nicely? I think they wrapped it up... Well, they wrapped it up. Okay. Let's not go overboard with the praise <laughs> nicely. <laughs> it's a bit much... But, uh, um, but the movie ended at a certain it, point. It, the okay. movie did The credits end. rolled. Nick, yeah. uh, you've been here before. I don't need to tell you about momentous occasions, but here's how it, is, how it works. If there are any listeners who uh, have only come in in the last few weeks when our CD player has been not working, um, every week we ask our listeners to give us a call when something momentous happens to us. Uh, they give us a call at 206-984-4FUN. We will brush it off and then talk about Vin Diesel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when something momentous occurs, preferably as it happens or in the immediate aftermath, uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll take a later call if it's a good call. Uh, let's go to the telephones. Hi there. My name is Tom Mares, and I work as a PA in the television industry, so... Today, I am trafficking a deceased bovine from Fort Morgan, Colorado to Alamosa, Colorado. And, um, yeah, momentous occasion. What television program is he working for, A, that needs him to drive around a dead cow? The Young and the Restless. They they don't have a dead cow driver specialist. Well, and uh, You think you need a license for that? A class, a, a class COW license. Again, this is one of those where it's like, I, I keep the call short, but I want to know what the fuck you're doing. You got to elaborate. You can't just say I'm driving a dead cow around and not give us some backstory. Sure. Well, we can create the backstory. Sure. I don't want to. But the, what's, what's <laughs> most remarkable... I don't want to. What's most remarkable is that this young man works as a, a PA... Uh, sure. Which is a production assistant, Jordan. You you were had that job for a few sure, years. Sure, I did. Uh, it's where you. It's a. It's sort of a, go, a a gopher, a sort of do anything that needs somebody needs help with on the surf type job. Yeah, indentured servant. Yeah, in and, Hollywood. Uh, he works in the television industry, apparently in Colorado. They have TV in Colorado. Absolutely, yeah. What probably you probably, got some nice, working, probably got some nice tax breaks out there. What's he working with? Marty Stauffer on Wild America. <laughs> <laughs> Dead cow. You look. You looked like you were going to say something, but then you just got so hung up on thinking about Marty Stauffer. I'm just trying to figure out why he's driving a dead cow around. Yeah, and then, I mean, it could have it, been Marty Stauffer's Domestic America. Once a cow dies, doesn't that become like the animal control's responsibility? Or yeah, it seemed like that. Be if you needed to like reference a dead cow, it seems like that's the prop shop's job. Do you think it seems maybe like he's to find just... a dead cow and to transport it is? 
do you think maybe more difficult? He's. He, do you think maybe he's? If it's a, it's a prop, only if it's like a side of beef. Yeah. Rather than an entire cow. Sure. In Once which it's case, it's probably what castings castings job. It's right? Casting. Yeah. 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 So, you got to get somebody with a it's certified. Like how you, the 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 real problem is how do you code the expense report? Right. I think that's the issue. Like whose whose budget is this coming out of? Right. Exactly. Because the, the catering certainly don't want any part of this. Not sure. yet. You have to. to but you could. I mean, eventually. Eventually, yeah, it you goes could, to catering. Uh, sure. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, go. I have momentous occasion for you. I just bought a miracle plant. Uh, actually, it's a miracle fruit tree that produces miracle fruit that changes your taste buds to make everything taste like candy. Mm. And that is my momentous occasion. Thanks. Bye. This is an amazing thing. At first, when she fruits. said miracle plant, you know, I immediately thought marijuana. Sure. But then she right. talked about the fruit. Sure, I've... because of all the many uses of hemp. Yeah. Industrial <laughs> hemp. <laughs> Also, I don't know if you've heard it gets you very high. It makes you feel good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've heard about this fruit. This it's supposed to be amazing. I've talked to people who have experienced it. Yeah, I'm interested. I've in never heard this. of this. I feel like this is something we could do sometime on Jordan Jesse Go. If somebody wants to, if somebody wants to source us a miracle fruit, it's like ludes. I guess you. Yeah, <laughs> this is ludes, right? Yeah, it's ludes. That's what the kids are calling quaaludes now. Yeah, miracle yeah. fruit. Um, it's. <laughs> It's um I don't know you can you probably can't send it through the mail right I think it's well yeah I don't know what you can the mail laws. fruit somebody should mail us a miracle fruit if it's something you can send through no the no mail, someone should mail not mail us. miracle fruit they should just mail a random package that may or may not you don't want to Very, be sure. facilitating any any federal oh, law breaking you're talking here. about miracle fruit. Wink, 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 wink. Sure. No, I mean, because aren't there laws against to sending... 123 Edo Street, <laughs> Brentwood, <laughs> California. <laughs> Edo Street. Hey, Jordan, Jessica. This is Derek from Nashville uh, with a momentous occasion slash moment of shame. Uh, moment of shame comes first. I was at a gas pump filling up my gas, as I usually do before my commute home from work. And I wasn't really paying attention, just squeezing the old gas. And it, uh, usually, if you're approaching the, uh, the fill limit of your gas tank, the pump handle will just click off. Uh, this time it did not. And I didn't notice that it didn't until my entire right leg was covered in gasoline. And I didn't even notice that until I heard the large African-American woman laughing at me in the next stall. So I looked down. I'm covered in gas. Um, right now I'm driving with a pair of pants sitting next to me, and I am not wearing any pants. Uh, and it's actually kind of liberating. Um, so I recommend driving with no pants on, especially on the interstate. I just feel good. I-, I have to tell you guys something important. Okay. I think part of why he feels good is because he's not wearing any pants and he's driving on the interstate. I think part of why he feels good is because uh, the fumes. fumes. <laughs> yeah. I just feel great. You're inhaling gas fumes. Overcome by fumes. Got a fume, got a fume situation. Um, I've done that before. I've gotten some gas on myself. Uh, I used to do my uh, first El Camino of the two El Caminos that I owned. I uh, was not very good at making the thing click off. I don't know. Whatever thing it is about making the thing that makes the thing click off, um, it didn't work that well. And once in a while, you just get some sort of spilling out the side. Some Kinda spillage. Keep an eye out. Keep an eye on it. But if you're driving an El Camino, aren't you supposed to have a little gas on you? Yeah. Doesn't that go with the El Camino mystique? Hey, absolutely. Smelling a little bit like gas. There yeah. are two essentials to driving an El Camino. One of them is a little bit of gas fumes. The other one is a little bit of DJ Quick. 
Hey, Jordan, Jesse, go. This is Jeff from Erie, uh, just calling with a momentous occasion. Um, this Wednesday, it was announced that they're putting pot legalization on the California ballot. Hey, so. we listen to this. Maybe this CD isn't working as well as I thought it was. Oh, look at that. Number one, do you think this is going to be the pot legalization thing again? Probably. I think it just is. Well, that's our calls for this week. <laughs> Yay! Huh? Jeff just got high and called twice. I've <laughs> said the exact same thing. I guess I'm just completely out of. I guess I'm just completely out of operating a CD player practice. Not uh, a lot yeah. of operating a CD player in my daily life anymore. No, no, yeah. no. You're doing all HD DVDs. So, yeah. Oh, I went all. Actually, I'm 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 using laser discs. Oh, that's good. And my my father-in-law actually still owns like about 300 laser discs. I see laser discs at the um, I see laser discs at the flea mar- at the uh, thrift store sometimes, and I think maybe I should just get a laser disc player and have laser discs. But then I'm like, no, I shouldn't do that. Yeah, you should. Isn't there some sort of culture around those are better than? Yeah, because Other uh, because a laser disc is an analog technology. People think that it's a uh, a digital technology, but it's actually an analog technology. Mm. The laser is used to read actual physical um, uh, bumps and bumps, right. and, you know, mm. valleys like a like a record player stylus would read a record. Whenever there's a culture that pops up around, you know, say vinyl about how something some antiquated technology sure. is actually better. What that is is people who don't want to get rid of. This equipment that they've invested hundreds of maybe thousands of dollars in—that's all that is. Isn't yeah. there some sort of uh, all that is Star Wars laser disc that has like a commentary track you can't get anywhere else or something? Yeah, I think so. I think there are some like there were there are like some Criterion Collection <laughs> laser discs, or it's like some movie you can only get on laser disc. It's got the uh, Christmas special on it that George Lucas does. Yeah, right. It's the Star Wars Christmas special. Personally, I'd I... like to hear from the laser disc aficionado if there's one get, out there. Yeah, Chris two... McNeil on the phone. Two zero six nine eight four four fun. Who's Chris McNeil? It's my father in law. Oh. <laughs> he sounds great. Shout out to to Chris. What up? What up, C Mac? Mm, he's definitely not a C Mac. You call him C Mac? No, he's Have you ever he's him very much not a C Mac. <laughs> he's a Chris McNeil. He's and he's a he, he's a laserdisc enthusiast. Uh, well, he's not as enthusiastic about he them likes, anymore. He's he moved li- on to the DVDs, but he still has them. You know, I, here's the thing. Here's the thing that still exists that I'm so not on board with. A uh, DVD enthusiast. What do you mean? You can just get them from Netflix and yeah, send them back. You can Why? just get them from oh, Netflix. Oh, like owning yeah. a bunch of DVDs. You I don't get, get it. Any DVD you want. It's no problem. Yeah. It's easy enough. Yeah, even with Netflix, like I, I, I recently got into this habit of, you know, we would get a movie and we wouldn't get around to watching it and I would hold on to it and I had to tell you can always have it back in two days. Like, why yeah. am I holding on to this movie? Mm-hmm. Get it out of here and then we'll watch Yo Soy Cubano <laughs> in a couple of months. I've been uh, I've been watching via Netflix the uh, season the last the last season of Seinfeld um, uh-huh. and Seinfeld wasn't I wasn't like familiar with the you know seasonality of Seinfeld I only started watching it in like syndication right you know like post college even um, wasn't something I appreciated and then someone uh, really I would have thought with the urban Jewish milieu that you grew up in, in sure I know Mission Viejo California the Lower East Side all of Orange over County the kvetching yeah um but um. And then someone, someone, and I guess I, I was under the impression that oh, season nine is the worst season of Seinfeld. That's what kind of the what everybody agrees upon. And yeah. I, I knew this. And then someone said to me, uh, "Hey, you know, I'm watching that ninth season of Seinfeld. 
not that bad. You should check it out. Uh, so I Netflixed it. I'm like, holy shit, these are my favorite Seinfeld episodes. Hmm. I have bad taste in Seinfeld. You do. Here's the Have thing. Have you seen all of the other seasons, though? Uh, no, I did watch. I have watched. I uh, My old roommate uh, had a bunch of Seinfeld DVDs, which I, uh, Jordan, which I'm not, I partook in. I'm not, frankly, I'm not surprised that you have bad taste in Seinfeld because um, uh, you are wrong. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> sure. I'm not going to opinion is null and void. Sure, it's incorrect. I mean, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that the last season of Seinfeld isn't good. Sure. Uh, the last season of Seinfeld is good. It's just not good relative to the other seasons of Seinfeld. Well, I've been watching Seinfeld actually from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in season six or something like that. And you really, like, the tone really shifts, even before Larry David leaves, but especially after Larry David leaves. And what, what happens is basically um, it, stops, uh, it stops being about sort of like uh, the banalities of everyday sure. life. And starts being about how can we tie eight crazy things together? Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. It starts being about a book, a book, a book. <laughs> um, just everything is just about a silly nonsense word and uh, them repeating it in a funny cadence. It's also impossible to do a show that long and not just become sort of self-referential or you know an episode that that in that is in and of itself very funny and clever, but it's so similar to. Eight other episodes that they've already done. Yeah, you know, it's I, hard. A, a, a specific example of that is uh, just the one I was watching uh, a couple of days ago was, um, um, uh, you know, Elaine and Jerry are sitting in the diner and have this very like very Seinfeld esque setup conversation. Uh, um, oh, and she's like, "Have you seen this new girl that George is dating?" Uh, um, yeah, she looks kind of like you. So the premise is that oh, George right. is dating a girl who looks like Jerry. Jerry's go, he, she, uh, Jerry says, she looks like me, really? And Lane just goes, I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I thought was kind of a funny. One thing, I've, one thing that I've been reminded of in watching Seinfeld is um, that uh, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and uh, Michael Richards and uh, Jason Alexander are really good on They're Seinfeld. incredible. They incredible. are really, really good. And you know what? I really like Jerry, too. Um, uh, but I wouldn't necessarily call him good at what he's doing. He's playing himself, you know. Yeah, a... but, he, but he brings... He, it's nice because he sort of, like... He sort of, like, brings the spirit of, like, hey, let's all have some fun out right, there, right. you know? And uh, But, but the, three, the three other primary cast members, you're just like, yeah, yeah. shit. They know what the fuck they're doing. They are good. Well, and it's to me, it's the it's the best example I've ever seen of, you know, you watch the first few episodes of Seinfeld, and it's that thing of, uh, you know, it's just pretty good. There's something here, but at that moment, there's a moment when the writers understand how to write for those guys, and those guys understand what those characters are supposed to be, and from that point on, it just becomes incredible. Every little thing gold. they do is incredible. Seinfeld, it's wonderful. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan, Jesse, Go. Oh, hey, Jordan. What? Do you mind if I call you Gordon? <laughs> uh, I do, so don't. Call me by my actual name, please. Do, but Gordon is almost your actual name. It's not, though. <laughs> I was just wondering if I, if you, if I could get like a special dispensation, because we've been friends for like 10 years. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm going to really have to insist that you call me by my name and not another name. Well, it's commi- I'm sorry. I mean, I know I'm sounding it's like com- a dick on this. I know I'm coming off. It's Commissioner you know, it's kind of Gordon's real name. I, and he knows so, Batman. Yeah, so call him that. Well, he's not real. Well, I, I didn't call no one that. Can I call you that, Nick? You can call me Gordon, sure. 
Okay. Come on, dude. Don't make me laugh. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go with our friend Gordon Adams. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Nick Repeat Adams. Nick, always great to have you here. Always great to be here. Nick Adams, of course, the author of Making Friends with Black People. Mm hmm. Not how to make friends with black people. No, that's a whole other thing. That's a different book. (laughs) That's a ridiculous idea for a book. (laughs) Active, because you're an active man with an active mind and an active wit. And an active lifestyle. Semi-active in all those fronts. (laughs) Yeah. Semi-active. Jordan. Yeah. Let's one more time remind people about the Maximum Fun Drive here. Why not? Look, we don't ask for much. Sure. We give you a lot. We We give you a lot of ourselves, you know? I, I I literally, uh, you know, I, I'll give you a blood transfusion. We have the same blood type. I'll give you a blood transfusion. You need a liver? I got you on that. But, but you have to get me. You have to have my back. You don't. You're not. You don't think I would do that? Oh, kidney. Kidney. Uh, that's about as high as you'll go, though. Wait, do you only have one liver? Yeah, that's. Yeah, I probably will give up my liver then. Kidney's the one that you got to. You can give a piece of your liver. Really? Yeah, I think so. What about a spleen? Spleen no. is uh, wait. Isn't that where you keep your bile? You don't need a spleen, technically. I don't think but. you're thinking of an appendix. No, I think you can live without a spleen. <laughs> Listen, I had a, I had a teacher in high school okay. who I think had his spleen removed, but it, he said it made him more susceptible to germs. I don't know if Mr. Collie was lying. Okay, there's two things we need. Uh, we need a call from a spleen expert and a laser disc enthusiast. Two zero six nine eight four four. Find the number to call. What happened to that? Uh, what happened to that girl with the uh, cute Chicago accent that was our medical correspondent? Oh, I don't know. If she could please give I us think a she's telephone a call. The medical correspondent on Comedy Death Ray. Oh. No. <laughs> so you know, um, and you know, if you're out there, if you're not already a donor, maximumfund.org slash donate. Your uh, your donations are what fuel the rocket ship of enjoyment that is our program. We're shooting for one thousand new donors sure. during the pledge drive. One thousand new donors. I think we're going to make it. I think we're going to do it, Jordan. I think we are too. Is uh, there anything I can do other than create uh, winning catchphrases? Well, I, we could probably use another winning catchphrase. Hmm. Get off your duff is, of course, the first one. Sure. Um, but well, b- besides that, I don't know what what else might there be. <sighs> it's aces. Great. Maximumfund.org slash donate. It's aces. Get off your duff. Did that work? I like that a lot. It's, it's coming that together. Worked, right? I feel like I want to PayPal you some money now. It's coming yeah, together. Thank you. It's it's not someone else's you responsibility. PayPal? You can yeah, use PayPal. You use the PayPal, but you you don't need a PayPal account. You can also do it with a credit card. I think. It's great. Um, uh, it's not someone else's responsibility. It is your responsibility. If you uh, you know if you want media to be independent and uh, uh, with no baloney, like our program is. Then uh, all we ask is that you uh, is that you give a little bit, a little bit, five sure. bucks a month, ten bucks a month. Why not? If you don't, I'm gonna have to get some sort of sponsorship, which I'll have to annoyingly mention every five minutes. You can find ten bucks a month every every month. Sure. Well, you're already with the Where's the Beef people, right? Yeah, you're yeah. Denny's. Keep me out of Wendy's pocket. Wendy's. <laughs> no, I. <laughs> no, you're thinking of. I love Lenny's. It's Denny's. Oh, right, sure. I do love Lenny's. Yeah. It's Denny's. Lenny's. Oh, sorry. 
<laughs> MaximumFun.org slash donate. If you've got a call, thoughts for us, momentous occasion, etc., 206-984-4FUN, the number to call. And don't forget to tune in Friday, May 28th from 4 p.m. Pacific to midnight Pacific. We will be live streaming from Meltdown Comics in uh, Hollywood, California. Uh, all kinds of ex- There's going to be all kinds of exciting, awesome stuff going on. And we're hopefully going to be hitting our goal of 1,000 new donors for the uh, Max Fun Drive 2010. You know, Jordan, did you know that we started the Sound of Young America 10 years ago? I didn't know that. It's 10th anniversary of the Sound of Young America. That's, That's what we're celebrating in 2010. Bravo. 10 years of, 10 years of hard work. And uh, all you guys got to do is get up off... Get up off your duff. Get up off your duff? Get off your duff. Get off your duff, aces. Is that right? Yeah, you can mm. combine the word. I mean, you're buying it for 16 bucks, so you can Once You can do whatever you want to do with yeah, it. I don't, yeah, get yeah. A, I don't get a break on the second one? N- no. Uh, no, sorry. I did it for a 20? You got changed for a 20? I did it for Kato Kalen. You got changed for a 20? No, I don't have change for you. You're going to have to give me the entire 20. Change for 30? I do, yes. Okay. MaximumFun.org slash donate.